1: Millennials are opting for prenups in record numbers compared to previous generations. They're also more likely to plan for divorce while preparing for their wedding. According to today's guest, Dr. Frieda Birnbaum, while people plan for a marriage's financial investment, it's the emotional investment that is the key to a successful union. She joins us today to discuss how an emotional prenup can help couples navigate difficult topics before marriage and to offer a blueprint to avoid conflict and divorce. Dr. Birnbaum is a research psychologist, psychoanalytic therapist, and author. Welcome, Dr. Birnbaum. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So, Dr. Frieda, almost half of all marriages end up in divorce. What do you believe are the biggest reasons that play into these divorce rates?
0: And I always wondered, uh, as a therapist, why couples are not looking into the future. They do come for preventative therapy in marriage they really don't know what to look for and so some of the issues that they're not looking at keep coming back during a marriage and then we have 50% divorce so the question about what are those those issues and they are very simple do you have secrets are you planning vacations without me do you believe in monogamy how often will we see your parents what about travel entertainment How will we spend the money we have? These things are hidden feelings that are not considered in the original meeting of the couple before they get married. So a lot of these custom-made requests need to be looked at as well as situations that they haven't even thought about that would come out later in the marriage.
1: Why do you think couples don't discuss these things before marriage? Is it because they're so swept up in the romance of it? Well,
0: absolutely. You know, the first part of the relationship is romantic, intimacy. That person can do no wrong. That person understands everything I've gone through. And that person will fix everything. I'm just in heaven. I'm safe. I'm acknowledged. I'm understood. finally. When we hold on to that, nothing can interfere till 15 months into the marriage, two years into the marriage, when errands start kicking in, responsibilities start kicking in. And the number one factor why couples have marital problems is money, how to spend money. Are you a saver or a spender? That comes into play all the time, what to do with the money you're making How often each person is going to take turns with financial responsibilities, or won't they take turns, or they assume that one partner will carry the weight over the other partner. So there's a lot of assumptions going on, possibly because of their own history and their own background.
1: And I think, Doctor, that people tend to have this belief that when you love someone enough, everything just works out.
0: Absolutely not. Yeah. Loving someone means it's not going to work out (laughs) because we have to look at this. You know, when we feel emotionally connected, we let go of everything, and we dump it on the other person, and the other person says, hey, wait a minute, I'm not going to take this from you. We feel way too safe. At work, we're wonderful Uh, with uh, our careers socially. Everyone thinks we're great. Well, not everyone. Uh, People do think we're, we're great. But then when we look at ourselves and each other we close the door and we want to just relax and we want to let go and so this love and this passion we have can't maintain itself under all conditions and you have to be able to water your relationship like you're watering flowers you have to keep maintaining it
1: so you mentioned some of the key topics or or situations that we should discuss before going into a marriage, but let's talk a little bit more about an emotional prenup. What is it? Is it a document? Is it just having these conversations? It is definitely a document uh, that you need to be accountable for. Emotional prenup uh, is
0: similar to a financial prenup, where you go ahead and you say the vows during marriage, and part of that is that contract that's been uh, authorized and signed, that that's part of the marriage. Now, you cannot say everything that's on that contract. You may include some things, because in the marital vows, it's uh, till death do us part. But what happens in between uh, being there for each other until death do us part? A lot of stuff happens, and that's what that contract is for. An attorney can go ahead and authorize it. And when that marital contract is broken, then the marriage is broken. So there's a responsibility there. And it's not only about who fights better, but keeping the flow and keeping the security because marriage is supposed to feel safe. And when the other partner does not include that safety, well, the premise of the marriage is no longer there.
1: You talked about it being a commitment that someone's making to the relationship. And so, as we grow and, and we learn and we evolve, we may change our beliefs about certain things. So, should this document be reevaluated periodically? Because you know, I would think maybe at one point someone who's younger may have a particular view on on a situation, but as that person ages, that view may change.
0: Well, what are the reasons why we have divorce? Is because we expect perfection, perfection, and if we don't see perfection, we need to know how to work this through. So every few years, you need to reassess. The change, developmentally, you're different uh, than when you first got married. Uh, your differences change. Separately, Not necessarily together. And when that happens, and you look at the document, it's a matter of meeting of the minds. Do you both agree on the changes? And if you can't agree, you need to agree to compromise. And You need to let your ego out the door and just think about not who's right or wrong, but what is most effective in this relationship.
1: Have people ever used this document later on when they're, when they're contemplating divorce? Have they ever used it as part of the divorce settlement? Absolutely. Anything that has a potential need to
0: break that marriage needs to be honored in order to keep that marriage together. When we're looking at the way we live our lives, our lifestyles, the quality of our lives, well, that's everything. And so if the marriage is going to break up, why not reassess even later on in the marriage and see what can be done? So today with this emotional prenup, it's really something that people have been saying, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I think about this? And so I'm seeing more and more people looking to keep the marriage. And it's not about financial gains. It's not about assets life has changed we're looking forward to better relationships we're looking forward to the depth of meaning of life so the direction we're going on is not can when i what can i get from you but how can we make this work so it's a whole different reality Mm -hmm. of what marriage is after the romantic stage after the before the romantic stage it's beautiful because you are really gliding you're really flying you're really thinking about how beautiful and precious life can be. The rest is how to maintain that in a way that's custom made, such as Do you want to see my parents? How often? Do you like my parents? No. Well, what can we do about it? How to fight? Don't fight dirty. If you blame people that your partner cares about to hurt that person, that stays there. That really does. Mm-hmm. So, fighting are you the silent pe- person? Are you somebody that attacks and doesn't let go? How to fight? Even something that seems so obvious is not obvious once the emotions kick in.
1: And I think it forces people, like you were saying, to have those difficult conversations that we we don't even think of having. Sometimes it's not even that we avoid them; we don't even know what to have in a in a conversation. And marriages, you know, it's. Probably the most important contract you'll ever enter in your life. So I I think it's really a wise thing to have those discussions that later on could end up impacting the success of that relationship.
0: Absolutely. You know, today we are no longer role playing, our roles are no longer defined. So it's not as simple as it used to be, where the woman stayed home, the man went to work. Today women have careers, women want equal say socially they want equal say financially they want equal say personally and my research from my PhD dissertation did just that and what did happen was in the midst of this change often was that the marriage did not last but if it did last and it did uh, work through it was better than ever because each person was able to fulfill a part of themselves themselves that they didn't have before Where the man had a more nurturing role The woman had a more responsible role where she could go ahead and make decisions. So things have changed today, and it has become much more complicated.
1: From the people that you've worked with who have developed these prenup agreements, these emotional prenups, what type of success rate, if any, are you seeing in the relationships? Is it making a difference?
0: I'm seeing that people are trying. They want it to work. They're not just looking for another partner who's going to make it better. They're becoming aware that these problems exist not on a personal level with the other person, but it's just part of living together. So they're working harder to stay in a situation where in the past they would blame each other. And once you blame the other person, you can't let go. Because as I said, if you want to be right, You'll always
1: be wrong. There'll always be problems that you're not fixing and you're looking away. Doctor, we've been talking about this agreement in preparation of a marriage, but what about a marriage that has been you know, in place for 20, 25 years, and now the couple is having difficulty and they're considering divorce? Can this document be used as a recommitment of their relationship? Well, we do definitely have married couples that remarry again. And that
0: have their vows after 10 years or so of marriage, this can absolutely be done the same way. Excuse me, where each person goes ahead and says, I want this marriage to work. If each person wants the marriage to work, then there is hope. Then they will work together. They will reclaim what's important. They will start a new document. Maybe they never had a document. And they will look at it and say, This is what's bothering me. Oh, I didn't know this is what you need. And it's different than the therapeutic process because it's custom made in such a way that looking at the prenup is something of having to go ahead and orient yourself to custom made needs and also to practical needs in a marriage itself that the couple may not even think about. Often unconscious feelings come out because of other reasons. And that is interpreted because of something that has nothing to do with what's really happened before. Mm-hmm. So once that comes out, then we can identify what changes need to be made. Often we will argue about things that have nothing to do with the moment, but repressed feelings. See, now the therapist is coming in. Repressed feelings from before. And that it lingers inside you. And you do feel better for the moment, instant gratification. But those problems still keep reoccurring. So that needs to be reassessed, what to look for, that the couple is not even thinking about, that is not done in the therapeutic process, but is done when you look at that piece of paper and you know, oh, this is what's going to happen in the future. Have we grown apart? No. We haven't grown apart, but we've grown in different ways. Evolving doesn't mean that you have to be tied together, Evolving is in two individuals, growing individually, and bringing that difference together. That is what makes an exciting marriage. Mm -hmm. Not being close of each other, that gets
1: very boring. Accepting the difference is extremely important. Doctor, you just mentioned that a marriage can be saved when both people want it to be. And you know that in so many divorces, it's one person who wants it and, and sometimes the other person describes it as being blindsided that he or she didn't even see it coming. So do you have any advice for someone who really wants his or her marriage, but the partner does not? How can that person get through that situation? The only way
0: is to bring that person with you. Often one person is more evolved than the other and keeps growing and that other person's left behind. It doesn't and does not feel they can keep up with their partner. As you keep growing, you bring that person with you, whether it's in therapy to make sure that you're not just fulfilling your own needs. As a couple, needs have to be taken care of both sides. It doesn't mean the needs have to be the same, but each person needs to have something to give to the other. If one person has much more, and that person feels empty and then the other person feels left behind so there's this disconnect back and forth two people growing together at the same time
1: will not no one will be left behind and that's what happens a lot of times like you were just describing one person grows and changes and the other just stays the way he or she always was and so when you get into that situation and and you're not growing together Is it then, would you say, sometimes the best thing to do is to break up and try to find people that may be more compatible for you?
0: Two people
1: need to want to save the marriage equally.
0: If one person is working at it and the other is not, there's nowhere to go but to be miserable the rest of your marital relationship. And why suffer? Why suffer unnecessarily? So... Yes, letting go sometimes is the best thing. Marriage does not necessarily equal happiness. And divorce does not necessarily mean that you failed. Not at all. Being your own person and doing what's best for you, which means you have to be healthy first, emotionally healthy, in order to marry someone who's emotionally healthy. If that person fits in to where you are, then you're ready in a place where well, you can work things through. But if one partner feels threatened by the other, they won't want to work on the marriage. Often in my practice, it has been the woman will come in, this consensus, the man won't come in because he's controlling and he doesn't want to make any changes. Well, it's reversed now. Men are More, more men are coming in and they want to be more nurturing. They want to fix things. Women are often in their careers and they're not working so hard at, at staying together. And that's still a disconnect, it's just role reversal. So you really have to make sure that each per- per- person works on it. I had a patient uh, who I asked, do you want this marriage? His wife was suffering horribly and he was in my office without her. And he said to me, I don't know. I said, if you don't know, there's nothing to work with. If he doesn't know, that means he's already not there. She wanted date night. She wanted to go out once a, a week. Uh, she wanted to go out on a weekend maybe once a month. Mm-hmm. The things that she wanted, she didn't want. And it's not necessarily needing to want the same amount, needing to want even the same thing, but making, but needing to want to make your partner happy and at no expense to yourself. Right. I'm not saying He has to give anything up or she has to give anything up. But unconditional means enjoying seeing your
1: partner happy. And he refused to do that. I remember I'm divorced and I remember when I was going through the problems in my marriage, it was a similar situation as to what you just described. And I used to say to myself, if he loved me enough, why wouldn't he just want to do what I'm asking because it makes me happy? And so why do you think some people... I don't know if they're incapable or they're just stubborn or what it is. Why wouldn't that husband do what his wife needed to make her happy?
0: When we have two people coming from different backgrounds, knowing what they know, they often try to make up for what they didn't get. So it could very well have been that he didn't get his needs met. And he's saying, it's my turn. How dare you want something from me? I don't have any more to give. So there are different reasons why people behave the way they behave. And it's not necessarily because of their partner. So we're looking at a situation that's more complex than what it looks like. But then again, when we're looking at reality, the here and now, you have to let go of those defenses and stay with the person you're with who's not that person who you had as a child or who made you unhappy or who did things you didn't want to do. This is a different person and you're starting fresh. So parents are often better parents because they weren't parented well. People are often better partners because they didn't have the right role model. But then again, there's some people who don't feel they need to make those changes. They want their partner to make the changes for them to fix them, mm-hmm. and that's not fair, of course, and that's not anyone's role to be a therapist or a social worker for their partner.
1: Doctor, if someone wanted to get started creating an emotional prenup, whether it be for before a marriage or to save a marriage, how can they go about doing it? Do they have to work with a therapist? Is this something they can do on their own? Well, first of all, they have to sit down together
0: and they have to be able to know what each person individually wants. Once that's written up, then the next step is what is healthy? What is a healthy partnership? Now, you're saying go to a therapist. I can't say for sure that who you go to will know preventatively what you need to look for. But I do know that I'm going to have a setting, hopefully, where there will be certain criteria for custom-made concerns and also preventative measures where people don't know what to look for. And yes, we need to know what it is to expect because we don't know what to expect. It reminds me of there's a book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what to expect with the unexpected, right. I guess. But this is really where to... But you're right, we don't have that. And this is what I would like to start I always wondered why people, when they were meeting each other or before they were getting married, were thinking about divorce, why can't they find a way to make the marriage stronger, that divorce was not an issue, that we're getting married for certain reasons, to be there for one another, to have a future together, to build on it, and to know what that future is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, the underpinnings of what is going to happen that most people don't know—monogamy is huge. Being unfaithful, well, that's a deal breaker. People will not stay together. Most people. Now, in my practice, I have had people who confessed in front of their partner and me that they were being unfaithful, but and they're coming in and things are working out. But that is very difficult. And as I said before. Money is a huge issue, how to spend money for entertainment, for saving, for personal expenses, for the uh, family, uh, for the bills, who is the one that keeps record of the money. That I hear a lot about all the time. So when we're looking at that, it's not necessarily how much money you're making, but do you agree with how you're spending the money. Couples are often clueless what that even means. They've been on their own, and they don't really know. They know that they've been in charge of their money. And money is a very personal thing. People will ask you how much money you make. You look at them like they're out of their mind. How dare them say something so personal. That's not their concern. That's me. How much money you're making that's another thing. It's interesting with me, people will say, how many patients do you have and how much do you charge? So
1: they're already calculating. <laughs> wow. So, so, do- so Doctor, it's a yeah. good practice for any couple, whether they can get an actual emotional prenup created or not. It's a good practice to sit down and think of anything major that you think you may face in life and to have that conversation.
0: And anything that's bothering you that's not major, because sometimes things are happening that seems insignificant, but it's really bothering you. And whether your partner agrees with it or not, that per- your partner should be willing to be flexible enough to make you comfortable. If you're walking with your partner somewhere and your partner's looking at all the pretty girls, who's who, and I've had this in my office, and he's unaware of it, you know women look great and it's hard not to look at them if it bothers your partner don't do it and if you think your partner is crazy still don't do it and if you think your partner is wrong still don't do it it's not about agreeing with the person you're with it's Mm -hmm. about letting that person feel that they can trust you and they can feel comfortable with you no matter where you are i had a patient whose husband when they got together with other couples, always spoke over her, wouldn't let her say anything. I had another patient whose wife said to him, do not talk about your accomplishments." She had nothing to talk about. Had a PhD from Columbia, wrote several books, successful, would not let him be himself. Well, that really drained the marriage. So you have to be able not to be there center stage. Marriage is not about you. Marriage is about give and take and making sure that that other person's comfortable. And then when you can do that, you get paid back double. Mm-hmm.
1: And Dr. Frieda, where can our listeners go to get more information about you and your work?
0: Well, I have a website, a com, and I have a podcast, The Dr. Frieda Show.
1: And once again, that website is drfrida.com. Dr. Frieda, thank you so much for joining us.